Pulpa Barstool. This is going to be fun, everybody. I am going to do things a little differently today. I'm going to invite John Robinson back to the pub where, where uh, we'll talk about entrepreneurship, related topics. Today, we'll fo- focus entirely on writing a blog post. So I know it's a, a, a topic that uh, many people have questions on regarding what my process is. How, how they should come to terms with what they should write about and how they do it and everything else. And um, so over many years now, I've refined my process. This is what we do. So we do it a little bit differently today and that normally JR kind of guides us. This time it's like I'm taking you through step by step and then he asks me questions as we go. So I hope you find this one valuable. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLimmer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub. We get drunk on entrepreneurship. Hello, JR. John Robinson, my business manager, backup CEO. How you doing? I'm doing well. Hello to you after another successful NFL fantasy football weekend. Yeah. JR and I are in a, a fantasy, a, a family fantasy league. So to give you some perspective, that includes a team owned by JR, one by me, one by my wife, one by each of my three sons who range, range in age from 10 to 17. One for a brother-in-law and one for his daughter, who is 10 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lily. <laughs> Lily. So uh, hopefully we do well. But uh, one of the undefeated teams right now is JJ, who's 10 years old. So yeah. he's doing well. And I did not help him. All right. So we're going to do things a little bit differently today because... Um, normally, JR takes the wheel, and I have no idea what he wants to talk about, really. And he kind of makes me feel uncomfortable and all that kind of stuff. Uh, today, I had something very specific that I want to talk about, just because I know it's it's a subject that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially online entrepreneurs, which I think all of us should be at this point, deal with, and that's with blog writing and like how to come up with topics and how to actually structure a blog post and this and that and. And so before we get started, and to be very clear, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. Simply, this is the way I do it. Um, I've found some success with it. Feel free to take bits and pieces of it as you may. And uh, you may completely disagree with some of it too, and that's fine. So are you okay with that, JR? Then you can guide me along the way, ask me questions too if you want. Yeah, I'm really curious about this because your creative process, your writing process in general has always been fun to watch because it's so unpredictable. And uh, so I can't wait to hear how to better <laughs> learn from you on, on how you do this writing because you've been doing it for a lot of years and uh, you've had to come into some type of pattern or something that you've noticed about yourself so it'll be nice to hear what your writing process is. So, yep, I will absolutely ask questions. Good. Well, so I've, I've got this written out into several steps. 
we could certainly make this into a worksheet or <laughs> an actual blog post talking about how to write a blog post, which is always kind of weird. I've thought about writing that before and it's very, it's actually kind of complicated. Uh, but, uh, so we'll, we'll start from the beginning. And the well, you should do it. So I'm going to cut you off. You should absolutely write the blog on this because a friend of mine, when I was looking for a backpack, I, he owns a backpack company and it's called Badass Backpacks. And he, it's a really cool company out of Austin, Texas. And I asked him, like, hey, how, do, how would you pick a backpack knowing that you design them for, for a living? And he wrote like this 600 word blog about all the things that he looks at when he's designing a backpack. Then this was in an email. So then he says, well, with all that said, this is the backpack that I would go buy. (laughs) So I I went and bought that backpack and it was everything that I didn't think about on functionality and travel and I can take it through TSA and I don't have to take my laptop out because it's designed in a way. I mean, it was amazing. And then he said, I should probably post this as a blog because it was so good. So yes, I nudge you to to write about. Okay. Well, let's start from the beginning. And what should I write about? So this assumes you already have a general subject matter, right? I'm not talking about oh, I don't know, should I write about baseball or Facebook or politics? You already have a niche. Okay, so now it's a matter of within that niche, what should you write about? And I know that I think the the standard go-to for a lot of people is using these um, uh, keyword search tools and things like that. And, you know, that's fine if that works for you. Um, personally, I find that to be kind of contrived. And th- here's what I mean by that. If you use this keyword tool to tell you there's less competition and a lot of opportunity to write about a particular topic. You're going to write about this topic because of that opportunity, not because you have the, the comfort level, the expertise, the passion about writing about that topic, not because your audience has said they want answers around that topic. So, well, and they could all converge there, but having those keyword tools guide you at, I, I'm not a big fan of it. No, it could be like down the, like, yeah, you have a list of things you can write about and you use that to determine which things to write about. That could be fine. So anyway, I don't really use those tools. Um, I think about the questions that customers and potential customers ask me. And, um, so I, and so I often go back to uh, my team as well and ask, you know, what kind of questions, because I don't answer a lot of those questions these days. But I also just think about generally what kind of questions are people asking? It could be comments in a blog post. It could be um, posts on the Facebook page too. Um, and then I'll start by writing a list of these questions of that, that people have that they want to have answered. Because it can't just be a matter of this is a topic I want to write about. Well, does anyone care? And you know people care if they're asking that question. So your goal should be in writing this list and try to narrow these topics as much as possible, these questions as much as possible to something you want to solve a very single specific question. 
um, with you with your post. So that's step one. Any questions? I added another step because I'm we're designing right now. I have the worksheet being designed, and right after this, it will be sent to the graphic design team. So first question I had: What should I write about? Second, why would people care? Is that the right? Is that the next question? Really? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So no questions there. But I, I like the fact that you talk about feedback because a lot of people I think are stuck in what they want to write about, and they don't realize that if I just ask the people around me, you know, if I ask my team what feedback they've been getting, that it helps that creative process. So I I, I like that as a as something that you do. Hey, and feel free if you're getting just getting started and you don't even have that feedback loop, just ask yourself what are questions that, that I've asked before or that people might be asking or you think that there, there may be confusion about. It's as simple as that. We're writing a list. Um, so that, that's just our starting point. That doesn't mean we're going to write about all these things, but this list is our starting point. Yeah, um, and one, one other tip to add, because I use the, you know this, I use this a lot, is the how do I. Hmm. Like if it's just me, and I don't have a feedback loop and I'm trying to tap into my, you know, my instinct and my curiosity, I just think of how do I, you know, how do I blah, 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 blah. And that for some reason sometimes gets me out of, you know, uh, a little of a creative block. Sure. Uh, the second, the next step, I guess I won't say seconds, since we might be adding steps in here. The next step that I have here on the agenda is what should the title be? So we've got a general topic, a question as, as the basis. That could be your title. Maybe it's too long. Uh, here's the main thing. Then uh, Part of this is personal preference, right? So I know there are a lot of people out there who will tell you, you know, to be kind of clickbaity and... There are tricks to getting clicks and this and that. I don't buy into all that. I, I could just tell you as personal, personal preference as a writer and as a reader. Um, and I don't want people to click on a link just because I tricked them into it and then they're uninterested in what the content ends up being. So for me, it's a matter of being very clear about what the post is going to be about. Don't be cute. It's essentially what's the problem you're looking to solve in this post. That's it. So that could simply be the question that people ask uh, or the how do I do this or this is how you do this. Um, but just be very specific um, and, and, you know, being as uh, concise as possible because we can't have really long titles either. One, one question for you with that, I, and I kind of know the answer, but when you open emails, what subject lines are you attracted to and i'm pretty sure it's not that you're going to make a million dollars in four days uh things that seem more personal okay right uh i've honestly i i don't read many emails these days mainly because i'm so burned out from just the bad over marketing yeah um, i, I it, even for me i'll answer my own question is like the the emails that i'm most likely to open are relevant to me right. and there's something about relevancy and I'm not trying to make a million dollars and I'm not trying to win people over in three minutes. I mean, all these big yeah. outlandish promises are just silly to me. Mm -hmm. So 
when you think about what should the title be, it's like, what should the title mean to you as well? Because it's like the significance of it. Because I think, you know, there are people out there that thrive on open rates while they, while they, you know, if you're going to send something that says your cat is dead and you got a cat, it's like you open it up. It's like, well, I only open it up because you made this really stupid thing to say to me. Yeah. So open open rates, I think, are silly when you when you are using this clickbait or this subject line bait. Yeah. Which which it makes me not want to open up anything from them ever exactly. again. Exactly. And I unsubscribe because of that stuff. Um, so I, I, when we talk about email, my subject lines are very similar. So yes, and email quote unquote experts are going to say that I'm an, I'm an idiot for how I do email. But I do it subject lines very similarly, and it's like it's like precisely what I'm going to tell you about in here. It's like how how do I do this? Here's how you do that. Whatever is is the subject line because if that matters to you, you're probably going to open it. If that's a problem you've been dealing with, you're probably going to open it. Um, next up, create an outline. So. Um, this could be a really simple outline. Oftentimes, I got, I'll admit, my outlines are mainly in my head. But, or I do it on the fly. So this is what I do to, to be completely on the, uh, out in the open here. I, I create my title. So I'm in my draft. I create my title, and I create five headings for each section, what, what I'm going to cover in each section. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, or whatever it is. But however, so I, I don't like do a whole outline ahead of time in a different piece of software or anything like that. I do it on the fly. So I know what I'm going to talk about. What's but, the purpose of an outline for you? Because as you said that, I'm like, all right, what's the question that I, that I need to create for the worksheet? And I'm like, all right, well, what's the purpose of an outline again? Well, because I should have a very, sp- very clear purpose of why I'm writing this in the first place. Otherwise, I'm just doing stream of consciousness. So what is it I'm trying to accomplish in this blog post? And it's usually like five specific things that I want to cover. So it's like, what is the problem? I'll get into this, but um, actually, I think I cover it here in the outline. So I, I plan out step by step. Um, so I think about you know what's going to be in the introduction where I kind of talk about you know what you're going to expect in this, right, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. But I'm going to talk about what the problem is the steps to solution, and a lot of times it's a matter of a, a tutorial and screen grabs of things and showing you how, how to solve this problem. And sometimes it's gonna be broken into multiple items within the outline too. And then wrap it up and open to, to questions. So there, I just break it up because we don't wanna have, and we'll talk about this too, like one section that's just enormous and hard to read either. So. Um, so, th- so let me restate because I yeah. like what you're saying because the purpose to me of a creating an outline is to set boundaries, to set boundaries to so it isn't doesn't get so so big, and then boundaries that are chunks so you can understand because I think you can get really wordy yeah. if you don't set outlines right. Yeah, and I think one of the things that happens when you're creating this outline if it ends up being oh I've got ten fifteen steps guess what you have another blog post. Right. So it's like you, you, you tell yourself before you even start writing, um, this can't all be covered in one blog post. I'm not well, someone. Hmm? Go ahead. Yeah, what I'm noticing when you're saying that 
is like, and I think you and I have talked about this a lot, and we use a frame of pains, claims, and gains. Like, all right, what is the pain that our customer's experiencing? What is the claim that we can make? What can we do? What blah, 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 what are steps or whatever? And then what's the gain that they get? And that's how I think when I write a little bit, I think just that succinctly, it's like, what are the, what do I want to accomplish in this blog of mentioning whatever the pains are, whatever the claims are, and then whatever the gains are too. So that's, that's another frame for those that are trying to figure out their frame for, or for that. So yeah, the outline is basically the, the bones of what you're going to do. And now let's talk about the actual structure as you start writing it. So the beginning will be your intro paragraphs. So here you want to introduce, you know, not surprisingly, you want to introduce what it is you're going to cover in this blog post, why it matters. Um, you don't want to make the reader guess, obviously, what it is you're going to re- uh, write about and what they're going to read about. And, and again, this part, part is personal preference, but I don't want to get cute in this. Um, I, I think it can get very annoying if you kind of lead people, lead people not be very clear about what it is they're going to get out of this. So be very specific about what it is you're going to cover. And it could take one paragraph, two paragraphs, usually not more than three, sometimes four paragraphs, but that's that's it uh, for an introduction. We good there? Yep, we're good. So then, um, and this is a little bit on the technical side, but we're going to break, and, and this kind of goes back to our outline too. I talked about breaking up into sections. Well, those sections are going to be your, your individual H2 headers, which I refer to. So your H2 is like uh, the HTML call out of the type of header that you're using that breaks up your blog post. And um, so larger text saying, hey, this is a new section. This is when we're talking about these, these next few paragraphs. So um, basically, you know, I break it up into several of these H2 headers uh, to make it easier to read. So, so people can scan through and they can say, oh, I already know about that. I don't, I don't need, or this doesn't apply to me. I'll skip beyond that. And they skip down to, to the next header. Um, I actually use a, um, it's, an, it's an SEO tool, um, Yoast, Yoast SEO for WordPress, which also has tips on uh, just readability and things like that. And one of the things that they stress is keeping it under 300 characters within a single section. So if you have more than that, it can become more difficult to read, basically. So those, that's one of the things I try to watch for. Um, something else that, you know, anyone who's ever written for me, I uh, stress this over and over and over. It's keep sentences short. So that could be sometimes writing sentences that your high school teacher would say you shouldn't do. It's like thinking about how we talk and how we communicate as opposed to making sure it's completely grammatically correct. When I say that, it's like, you know, um, just think about the way we speak, and it's not always exactly the way you would you would write like a, a high school essay. But the main things to think about here with keeping sentences short is avoiding wordiness. Don't use unnecessary and flowery words and phrases and adjectives that 
you can just if you can pull certain words out of a sentence and it still means the same thing why did you use those words in the first place all it is is makes it makes it more difficult to read um i think a lot of times we just assume we need a lot of words in a sentence to sound smart but i think it's really the opposite i think a lot of times that makes it seem like you're trying to sound smart by having all these words and just be um it's just more complicated and more difficult to read that way couple couple questions come to mind do you write in a in a manner it sounds like you write in a manner that's conversational and what comes to mind i mean do you write it as if a fifth grader was reading it because that's what i think about when i write is like i I feel like i want a, a kid to be able to read it and get it well, it's funny because that, that Yoast SEO tool on, on readability, it does tell you, you know, what grade level it, that, it, that is for, for reading. And I think it normally is somewhere around that, like, fifth, sixth grade reading level. And um, I don't have that goal, that intent. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking to wow you with my intelligence and use of big words and things like that. I want it to be clear and helpful. Uh, to give you a, a solution that you're looking for. What, so, so I get that. I get that you aren't really looking for that. Do you practice, like when you say, you keep sentences short, do you read it out loud to see like, man, that sentence is really long? Or how do you know when a, a sentence is too long? I think for me these days, it's just habit. Okay. I mean, that's, I, just, I just habitually break off sentences at a certain point. So when, I, when I'm editing and I'm reading someone else though, oftentimes I'm like, whoa, we can break that. And a lot of times it, would, it barely changes the way it's read. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of let's put a period there and make that capitalized. Everything stays the same, um, but it's, it just breaks it up for the eye. It's, just, it's all about readability. Yeah, I've read a book called The Articulate Executive years and years and years ago. And one of the things that it stated, which I still remember, is powerful and punchy. It's like that idea of make it the sentence powerful and punchy. Long sentences aren't punchy. No. Yeah, and look, there's there's a time and a place for things like long sentences, but um, not for a typical blog post. Uh, Next up in... Similar theme here, keep paragraphs short. So this is where um, you need to put your high school grade teacher out of their voice out of your mind because you're going to probably break some rules that you're used to following. Um, Again, it's all about readability. We're not talking about writing a paper that someone's going to read like in in a book or a printout or something like that. We're talking about reading online where it's, it's going to be narrow, narrow, more narrow view. And we, we're talking about readability and, be, and blocks of, of um, information. So as a result, sometimes a paragraph can be a single sentence. Sometimes you're going to violate rules that, you know, you feel like you're breaking it up sooner than you normally would. Um, so I'm thinking more visually when I break up a paragraph than contextually. Now, if sentence one and sentence two are clearly tied together, I'm not going to break them up. But if it's a matter of like, okay, well, even though these are related, like these first 
three senses are more closely related. And then it's like, now we're going to take a slight turn and these next three senses are, are closely related so I can break them up into different paragraphs. But the main thing for me isn't number of sentences. It's more about, again, readability and number of lines. When I see it on the page, I try to keep paragraphs somewhere in that area of three to five lines for readability. Because once you get beyond that, my eyes start glazing over. And I'm like, I'm not even going to read that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that because I know for me, we talk about all these emails that we get. I use that same writing style in my emails. Like I can't, they become long blogs and long sentences and long paragraphs if you're just using it to as a stream of consciousness to share. It's like, no, mm -mm, bullet points, you know, three lines. I think I'm almost the same way without even recognizing that I I, I do that because my eyes get tired yeah. if I'm looking at lines of anything. It becomes a chore. Even you know, some people send texts. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get texts that are like 10 lines. I'm like, yeah. come on. That's not yeah. what texting is for. Yeah, I'm a total uh, nerd when it comes to texting even. Like, I'll break stuff into paragraphs there too. Just like, I want it to be easy for you to read it. You yeah. know, if I throw it all in the same paragraph, it's harder to read. Um, so next up, wrap it up. So basically, you don't just end suddenly. It's a matter of, okay, well, what was covered? Let's kind of recap what it is we covered just in case maybe you, maybe you missed something you want to go back. By the way, Luke is really good at that, uh, who, who writes for, for the site. Um, what are some things that maybe are, are we still don't know? It's still open-ended that maybe you may have questions about that I didn't cover here. Uh, is there another step that someone sh- should consider who, who's reading this? Um, just basically anything to help tie this all together. And I, I always also end with what, what's been your experience? What do you think kind of thing? Um, so some common, consistent way to wrap up your blog post. And then uh, just a couple of pre-publishing things. So first of all, pre-publish SEO. So again, I'm not a big SEO guy in terms of the the standard tools and practices and things like that. But I, again, I use that Yoast SEO plugin to kind of give me some guidance on anything that I may have missed. So like, I got to make sure I've got a, a blog description, try to keep that like within 150 words or so. Got to make sure I have a featured image. Like all these things are important for sharing to social media too. Got to make sure there's some sort of keyword or phrase, not, not necessarily that I'm going to repeat that keyword and phrase over and over and over. But if that helps, if, you know, to, for, for searchability. So these are things I, I edit and update kind of whether it's metadata or, or other things on the back end that you may not even see. And then uh, finally, before, before we hit publish, it's the, the pre-publish editing. So I'll, I will read through one, one time. Um, I've, I've learned my lesson there if I don't read through and then all of a sudden there's something obvious that I completely missed and someone lets me know and I feel like a complete idiot. So I check for things like, and I do have a, a, I use the Grammarly plugin as well. So I believe that's completely separate of Yoast SEO. So it highlights words that that the plugin thinks are misspelled or where it thinks I need to be using different punctuation or, or things like that. It's really, really helpful. Um, but I just edit it for flow too. It's like, does that sound right? Does that violate any of the things I've just said, you know, in terms of 
short sentences, long sentences, paragraphs, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I do all this pre-published editing as well, but it doesn't take a lot of time um, because usually I'm thinking about these these things as I as I write as well. And that's that's essentially my process for writing a blog post. I've got it as ten steps. I mean, you may have it as more than that. No, I only have it as seven. What? And that, that I, I kind of took some of them out. So mm, I'll go nice. through them right quick. So the worksheet's going to call, be called I Write. And what should I write about? Why would people care? What should the title be? What is it that I'm going to cover in my writing? So the outline, right? Mm-hmm. What are the sections that I see clearly in the writing, the headers. Okay. Uh, and we talk about the intro paragraphs. Is that something you want to have as a, as a step in there? Yep. And hold on. We had an ambulance go by. Yeah. <laughs> it's real life. So, it's real life. It is real life. So, so, yeah. So then we go to after my writing is complete. Are the sentences and paragraphs too long or too short? And then did I do a good job to wrap it up so that the reader got what I intended? So those are just seven questions of how to think about the writing. And I know it wasn't exactly Not the steps. What about the pre-published SEO and editing? No, I didn't put any of that in there. Okay. <laughs> For for those that that are listening to this, they'll get that because if we keep on that that worksheet gets too big, yeah. so we got to keep it within seven questions. But I think I think that's a great start for people is to if you've got your mind around how you're going to write and what you intend, it'll make it a lot easier. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. I think when we have that worksheet, that'll help um, whenever we have someone who writes for us too. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I take a lot of stuff for granted because um, that's the way I've, I've done things for a long time. And, um, and so putting, it, putting all this in writing, I know not everybody has that same process. Um, it'll help to have something that I can give them. I'm going to admit something to you right now that's good, it's recorded. Hmm. One of the reasons why I resist to doing entrepreneurship writing is because you're a really tough grader. And that's why I don't want to write because I don't, I don't want to, for you to criticize Aww. my writing. And so that's why I don't write. <laughs> so, so maybe if I do this worksheet and say, okay, here's what I want to write about. Cause again, you're right. The Lucas and Andrew and all you guys are like super great writers. And I'm like, no, I'm not that great of a writer. And I don't want my work to be marked up with a bunch of red ink. But I think this will help me if get me a little bit closer to submitting something to you so you can shoot it down. Yeah, and it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's hard. I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek, like joking here. But I think, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time considering bringing on people to write for us and tough it's it's tough because you want your voice to still be there so i i i look at andrew and and lucas and i'm like i envy them for even doing to try to match your voice because it's tough 
Your t- your your voice is tough to copy. Well, it's not so much about matching my voice either. You know, I mean, because okay. you don't have to match my voice to follow those steps. Right? If you hmm. follow those steps, we're good. It's not a matter of this is the way I talk and I and I sound and I write. Like you could still there's certain words that are going to f- words and phrases and styles of you know how you write that are going to differentiate you. Yeah, now that makes sense. And for for those that wonder what drives you crazy when it comes to writing, if for if, if we ever opened it up and started getting like twenty different writers to write for us, would it be long sentences? Like, what what would be the thing that drives you crazy? When if we you know you had to look and review work for a guest blogger for us, is it long sentences? Uh, I think the number one, because it sticks out more than anything else, as soon as I just look at the draft, so not not in the edit version, but like the pre-published area, long paragraphs. Okay. Because it's just exhausting looking at it and knowing yeah. that, knowing immediately I'm going to have to do a lot of editing. So for Lucas and Andrew, who might be listening, (laughs) the things that drive John crazy are long paragraphs. Now, all jokes aside, I think you and I have talked about this before, that when we don't know what drives our partners crazy, Hmm. it's our job to let the partner know. So what else drives you crazy other in addition to long paragraphs? I would say misspellings and okay things like that basically you need to make sure that you've done your editing first mm-hmm. before before sending it in so that's yeah. that's one thing i appreciate about andrew and and lucas is that any of any editing that i do is mainly again just my my preference in terms of structure and things like that it's it's otherwise right like it's things that other people wouldn't have cared about or right much right um but i've just i've learned that not only do i appreciate it but i think overall um an audience appreciates it but once you start misspelling things and screwing up punctuation and things like that then it looks unprofessional and that that's yeah when people when i've received things like that i don't even want to look at it right and it's one thing to like miss like one thing couple little things whatever but it was something clearly wasn't edited well one last thing then does it drive you crazy to read something that was written for 12th grader for a 12th grader versus a 5th grader Uh, yeah I I don't know man I I wouldn't say it because I think that Again, it comes down more to style. Mm-hmm. So you could write something really complicated and still be well done. Yeah. Um, so I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I like your your answer here because it is a preference. That's what it is. It's not a rule. It's a preference. And I know for me, with you know our list size of what one hundred twenty, fifty, whatever thousand it is. I would think to in order to really connect with the majority of those people, I wouldn't think writing at the 12th grade level 
would be the most effective. Right. You know, I, I think keeping it simple and keeping it easy to relate to. I know for me, when I've got to start looking in dictionaries for <laughs> looking at dictionaries, that shows how old I am. And I do have a dictionary right behind me. <laughs> but if I need to start looking in dictionaries, then it, you've lost me. Right. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And that's yeah. an example, too, of like, you could have used another word there. You know you could have. You, you chose that word for a reason, not necessarily because it, it made it better, but because it made you look, you look better, like it made you look smarter, right? That word is called juxtapose, and my friend Eric and I always laugh about Tavis Smiley, who used juxtapose all the time. I didn't know what juxtapose meant, <laughs> so anytime we wanted to be smart, we'd talk, we say we juxtapose. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, the, the third John, uh, John C. within uh, PHC Entrepreneurs said, remember, JR, Shakespeare's first draft sucked. And I think that's a good point. Because not only do you as a writer need to edit, it's, it is good having someone else's eyes on it to, to chop it up a little bit as well, within mm-hmm. reason, right? Mm-hmm. Within reason. Yeah. Sweet. Well, the worksheet, I'm hitting the send button and it will be in production today and we should have it tomorrow or the following day. We'll have it posted. And I may write a blog post about it too. We'll see, but we'll see, we'll see how, how self-explanatory the the worksheet is. If I need to write something that piggybacks off that. So yeah. And if you want access to that, you need to be in PHC entrepreneurs which is our private community for, for uh, entrepreneurs. And it's johnlimmer.com slash PHC dash entrepreneurs. All right. Thanks, JR. Thank you so much for sharing your proprietary magical process. It's not pri- proprietary. <laughs> it's not even magical. That's, that's actually one of the things that just that frustrates me because I, just, I feel like it's just these are pretty simple basic things for the most part. But, again, I think they're not. They're kind of personal preference that have been built up over many years and not everybody agrees and that's fine too but uh thanks everybody for for joining us whether you listened and watched within phc entrepreneurs you listen later uh, within the podcast uh, until next time do awesome things we're out